this is Josh. We're here at Launchpad headquarters, and we're talking to Scott Weiss about terrorist attacks on grade schools, <laughs> near-death experiences, and the Kirk business Cobain. of doing Kirk Cobain and the business of doing business. Welcome to Launchpad, where 99% of what we talk about is complete garbage and the rest, <laughs> well, the rest is solid gold. Today, we have a man who locally needs no uh, introduction, um, but since we have all those uh, international people, um, we have Scott Weiss here uh, of Scotty's Restaurants, and it's uh, Pots and Pans Productions, correct? That's correct. Um, local entrepreneur. He's been through the ringer. Um, he's he's uh, failed as many times as he's succeeded, which is uh, what we like here at Launchpad. And uh, very excited to talk to him. Scott, welcome to the show. Thank you. And I'm the uh, the other one percent of the garbage. Yeah. To make the full hundred percent garbage. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> I just wanted to compliment, compliment the full uh, the full garbage truck to ha- to bring to bring myself. No, over it's one percent is is gold. You're the solid oh, okay, gold. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So ninety nine percent of it is garbage. No, I like your. Uh, that's a good intro on the mistake thing. You know, I just somebody up in I think in Fishers they did. Um, fail fast or something yeah i, I was I, disappointed i missed it it was i yeah. think i thought it was a brilliant idea because you know i've a lot of times when i go speak to people that's kind of the key to what i talk about is people get so kind of obsessed or wrapped into like the successes and i kind of for a long time i compared myself to like the y store or whatever you know you remember the old bands or, or think of rem you know that's it's the band that has been playing the same cover song for 10 years but you finally get recognition after mm-hmm. after just busting ass for that long and finally just keeping at it and do, working hard and but through all that time it's all the mistakes that make you where where you know who you are or what what you are you know it's learning it's the, the people that kind of can pick themselves up dust themselves off not make the same mistake twice use that as a as a really as a learning tool that's where well, that's I think that's where all success derives from I mean you I, I always look at like you know Steve Jobs is you know the late great Steve Jobs it, you can't tell a better story than the guy that invents his own company and gets kicked out of his own yeah, company. Right. You know, I mean, it's, so I just think that I look at experiences like that as like the make, you know, I'm sure as you came up with your ideas that there are probably tons of failures that got you to the point the, where you became successful. I like to think I'm one of the biggest failures in the room anytime <laughs> I go anywhere. Um, so now um, I know a little bit about your start already because I did some, uh, some uh, prowling and some creeping on it. Um, you, I mean, your your very first one, or one of your very first business ventures uh, was in, indeed a failure, and uh, it turned into somewhat of a a minor terrorist attack on a grade school, right? <laughs> you know the toothpick story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell tell me the toothpick story. Yeah, so, not everybody else knows. Well, it. it's I uh, when I was I think it was third grade. I mean, I it's you know it's kind of blurry now that I'm 41. It's to, <laughs> it was it was between second and fourth. I know I was young and stupid, and so anyway, I I uh, I knew a very early on that I was going to be an entrepreneur and you know my dad was always kind of giving me ideas and he was and my grandfather was and you know even at home it was do these chores and get dollar you know you get allowances by doing certain things uh-huh. pull weeds get a quarter do my dad this, didn't and- pay me shit he was like you got a place to live <laughs> and you're busting your ass well I like I the way that they did it I thought was you know it made me it they helped me budget month you know it l- helped me learn how to I had a checkbook and a, and a credit card by by the time I think I was 13 because I was they wanted me nice. to learn how to use things and not get into debt. And I didn't listen really well because I think, or I got married and that changed that whole process. But uh, so anyway, back then, 
he, you know, the idea was, he said, you know, when I was your age, I went to school and I sold things. And I said, well, let's, let's do that. What, give me some ideas. And so he said, you know, cinnamon toothpicks. I think that, you know, I did it as a kid and I think you can do it as a kid. And so I was like, well, this is, this is cool. I'm going to, I'm going to take these toothpicks and I'm going to dip them in cinnamon oil and I'm going to roll them up and take them, you know, roll them up in, in tin foil and take them to school. And I, you know, I employed my two sisters. I had these, you know, two younger sisters and I said, you know, let's go to school and let's just make a lot of money. And so, you know, we're selling them for, a, I think, a nickel a piece. And that's, we, that's bank. Oh, yeah. You're I mean, as a kid, I, yeah. I could go to the candy store all day with yeah. that. It, you know, we're, we're talking, what, 1980 something. So we do it and we go to school and we're, they're selling like, you know, wildfire. And all of a sudden I get it. There's an announcement on the PA, you know, Scott Wise, you need to come to the principal's office. So I go down and they're like, what the hell are you doing? You know, it's, it's, this is like 11 a.m. And they're like, we have to shut school down because so many kids have rashes all over their body. Well, what my dad didn't teach me was that after you dip the toothpicks in cinnamon oil, if you ever played with cinnamon oil, you need to wash your hands really well or let something dry. Well, I didn't, you know, I did this all in the morning right before school and I kind of rolled them up. So they're all wet. So as a, you got to think all these second graders are now touching all kinds of body parts. Touching their bits. A lot in their pants. Their pieces, yeah, you know, nut, touching their eyes. Their, their little nuts and berries. And <laughs> so, uh, so you know, school got shut down that day. And that was my, for, you know, it was funny that it, being in food service now that my first failure in food service was very young. And but that's outstanding. That, and that's substantially different than what was being sold in, in the school where <laughs> I went to school. So. Well, that came later. <laughs> yeah, that came later. That's awesome. So, I mean... So you technically started in the food industry with the toothpicks that are on the front desk, uh, you know, of, of every restaurant. But um, how'd you get into the? How'd you get into restaurants? What I mean, why on earth would you ever do restaurants? All I hear about is just absolutely the most miserable experience anybody's ever gone through. <laughs> you know and what? Here I, you got what thirteen of them now? Yeah, we're up to uh, twelve, and then we've got well, the thirteenth is on contract to open in December. You're insane. I know, I am insane. And you know, the goal is I got, we got five more that are planned for 2015. We're, we're, my plan is to get out of state. You're all five in 2015? Yeah, we've already got, we got, uh, we opened five in 2014 and we got five on the books to do here in 2015. And we're going to go out of, you know, I'm looking at Missouri next week as as our first out of state. And we've got uh, a location in Florida that we're looking at. So we're getting ready to tag along. There's a group that is coming along with us that wants to be our kind of our big player out of state so they're taking us to all their projects so it's a what was the what was the point at which i mean if you had one restaurant i mean i imagine you do pretty well with it I, you know yeah because i've been in your restaurants they're fantastic but when you start opening up another one and another one and another one you start going backwards a little bit what was the point in which well so rewinding i mean to to, to answer your first question how yep. i how i got into this it was uh i wish the story was better it was kind of I don't know, I feel like it was a kind of a mistake. I'm not a mistake, but it was, I was a wait, you know, I did, I did the things that every restaurant owner s- says they do. You know, the, I started wor- washing dishes at a, mm-hmm. at Dill Street Bar and Grill in Muncie when I was a freshman in college. And then they moved me up as a cook. And then I started cooking and I knew that that kind of wasn't what I wanted to do forever. I wanted to start getting out and serving. And, and I love, as a server and a bartender, that's kind of when I, it was like the one job that I worked that I loved. I could, you know, I just liked entertaining people. I liked making people laugh. And it was almost because it was, it's entrepreneurial. Yeah. I, I teach my staff today that you get to decide how much money you want to make. If you're going to come in and be a dick or have a bad day, then you get to be treated that way with the type of tips you get. And yeah. if you want to come in and bust ass and work hard, then you can make a lot of money. And so, and I just, I just loved it. I felt like my personality kind of 
could shine through and I could really wow people. And I will say the service at your places is, Thank is you. better than most. Thank you. Yeah. You know, we have our hiccups, but I think that's kind of just, that's life. I mean, you know, we're not perfect. We're, we're, we're human beings, and so we make mistakes. I, what I think we're good at is owning our mistakes. You know, when we make a mistake, I'm a guy that cares. I still answer every single email that comes to me. Uh, and when you, if you send an email or a tweet or a Facebook message or a Yelp review, I will contact you personally and ask, what did we do wrong? How can we fix it? And then if you, if you, if you had a great experience, which I hope you do, and you tell me so-and-so server was awesome, I take the time to email every single server every, out of all 1,200 employees we have every single day. And I think that's important. I think, that's, I think our, we've, there's a lost art in customer service. And I think people in this world are just okay with average. Like that's, average is the new good. And I'm not, I'm not okay with that. I'm going to keep trying to make things great. And it's, it's a struggle. I mean, you know, demographics change. People change. Uh, the culture has changed. iPhones and internet has changed everything. Yeah. Everybody's smarter and, and gets it and can talk more and it makes it a much more harsh reality. But at the end of the day, I love what I do. So, you know, when I was, when I was waiting tables and I was bartending, I did the tradition, you know, I went to Applebee's and I worked there for, you know, three or four years and I, lo- and I loved it. I loved working there as, as, you know, cheesy as that might sound now today, looking at back then, sh- shit, Applebee's was like, you know, a trendy restaurant yeah. back in, you know, 90, 92. So, after I did that, I, I graduated college with marketing and PR, knew I wanted to own my own business and just didn't know what. And so I, gra- I, I left for Texas and I worked as a copywriter in a sporting good, big sporting goods company and hated my job. And I was bartending at night. And that's kind of when the light went off. And I'm like, you know, you, you keep gravitating towards the service industry jobs. Why don't, why don't you make that a career? So I left Texas, came back, lived at my home with my parents, would lay on the ground and just try to draw up thing, ideas and what I wanted to do. And this little bar came for sale. And I said, Dad, if you can help me co-sign a loan, I think I can make this work. Well, what dipshit? Tw- you know, my dad is the, is the idiot of all. And he's not the idiot. I mean, he's the, he's the one that gets a laugh because now he made the right choice. But he was a dad that loved his son. But no 22-year-old should buy a bar on their hometown campus with no restaurant management experience and get in there and make it work. And, and I'll be I, out. It sounds awesome. It was, you must have had the best time. I mean, it was great. I, I did. Oh, I mean, I did all kinds of stupid shit. That, you know, like drinking after work. Things. Oh, like yeah. drinking after work with your staff. I mean, things that you're not supposed to do. I did, but what I did do well was run. I loved my job. I loved getting in there, and I ran it. I was the only. I was it. I was the bartender, the waiter, the cook, the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I'd go home at night, and I would cook because we were so busy that I'd have to cook at home, bring it back in a cooler, which is t- totally against you know board of health regulations. But I. <laughs> I think that there's enough, been enough time passed that I can't be yeah. held liable for that. What's the statute of limitations here? I don't, I don't <laughs> well, know. Be like, careful uh, with it. Even with the last show that we just did um, with Doug Carr, I mean, we talked about some things that probably <laughs> I may have, have recommended. Happened, but, uh, I may have recommended that you don't pay your taxes. That may have come out of my mouth. So, um, you know, I just, I after that and after growing that, uh, you know, keeping up with it, things started clicking. And, you know, I... I and it's kind of sounds cliche, I think, for CEOs to say this, but I'm nothing without the guys that were with me from day one. Oh, and that's and, not cliche and, at all. And 90% of those people that were with me from day my COO is the guy that's been with me for 17 years. And he gets no credit, and he doesn't look for it. He just believes in you know this crazy dream that I had and, and lies in the shadows and well, busts ass. You have ass to have and, those people. Uh, I mean, the key to success is surrounding yourself with people that are good at what you're not. 100%. And it's it's very important. That That's everybody what makes me that. who I am. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm not a good cook. I'm not a good waiter. I'm not. I mean, I'm not good at anything except 
motivating and morale. I, I think, and I've got a vision and I know mm-hmm. how to lead people to that vision. I, I know how to get the best out of people or get even more than they could get out of themselves. And I, that's what I'm good at. I surround myself with people that lift me up and make me look a lot smarter than I am. Yeah, that's, that's the key to it. So on Launchpad, so this, the whole concept of this show is to, to really, uh, well, to provide good stories, but to also point out all the pitfalls. You sure. Know? The mistakes that can, led to the success, you can uh, successes, learn, you know? Yeah, a, a wise man learns from his, his own mistakes, but an even wiser man can learn from other people's mistakes. Sure, sure. And I've made plenty enough for probably 20 people. <laughs> I'm sure you have as well. You well, know, it's, it's funny you say that because you can tell somebody something. It's I think it's innate that we as human beings almost have to experience it mm-hmm. before we just get it. And you like, it'd be great for the wiser men to do what you're saying, yeah. but... I, and I compare it to like my son, I, my five-year-old the other day. I'm like, you know, what? Link, I said, Lincoln, watch out. That pan is hot. hot yeah. <laughs> and what does he want to do? The first thing that little bastard wants to do is like test me on it. And he burns the shit out of his hand. And guess what? He cries a little bit. Now he will never touch that pan when I tell him it's hot. It's <laughs> like I told, I'm trying to teach you that it's hot. I'm not lying to you. I'm not trying to, I'm trying to protect you, son. So anyway, I, but because the show is about avoiding mistakes and pitfalls, I think it is important to, you know, it's so, not okay, about avoiding them. Well, it's just about learning from mine. Yeah, learning from my dumb ass mistakes. So, well, restaurant two, I lost a million dollars in. You know, and I opened that when I was twenty-four. So, first one was so successful that the pitfall was, or the the warning is, don't be too successful in your first enterprise <laughs> yeah. because then you think you're Superman. And so I did. I was like, well, this restaurant thing's easy. Who the hell is saying that this is hard? Well, you need a nice kick in the balls. Oh, and it was, man. It was a million bucks kicking yeah. the balls. And it took me eight years to pay it back. And, and I did. I, I made my monthly payments. And, and, I, and I always say the beauty of being stupid and young and naivety is that if that would happen to me today at 41 with four kids and a wife and a mortgage, I would curl up in a ball and I would, just, I would go back to whatever I was doing before and just do that and run it successfully. But I was dumb and young and I just had my wife and no kids. And I said okay, I lost a million, let's go open another Scotty's. And I'm glad I did, because that yeah. now I am get to sit here today and tell you the story. But I took all the equipment from that failure and opened restaurant number two. And so, you know, you, you led into your next question of knowing when, you know, where is that struggle or where is that, uh, you know, it, I say today, like, when I had restaurant number one, I made more money in restaurant number one than I did until I got to about restaurant number eight, until I had eight or so. I mean, because all you do is compound headaches. You don't, right. you know, it's, I kept thinking, okay, bigger restaurants and more cities just equals more money in Scott's pocket. And it doesn't, it just it's, means, no, it's absolutely not it true. just means you're more shit you're dealing with. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. so, and it was a struggle, you know, if restaurants one through three, and it probably, I think would be like this with any businesses that grow into other cities and, and are doing this and trying to keep things congruent and trying to watch over everything. You can't afford to have like a, this big executive team. It's just me. So that means I'm on the road traveling from Muncie to Bloomington to Lafayette every single day. I'm not spending time at home. I'm not seeing my wife. I'm having to spend the night. It was a, it was a struggle and it was very difficult. You know, and you people lose sight. And I try to remember, remind my staff even to this day that you know, I didn't just get placed on, into this position. You know, I had to bust ass to get to where I am. I I worked Valentine's Day and New Year's Eve mm-hmm. for 20 years. And now I don't have to do that, but I still have to do a lot of other things that are just as, as difficult or more difficult than that. So so I guess the first lesson would be don't be overly successful or, or make sure you <laughs> don't stay. Don't be too successful. <laughs> or stay humble. You know, I think that that's one of the things I've tried to do with within my career and it sounds crazy because I always make fun of myself that, you know, I'm, I'm, 
obviously I'm conceited or I wouldn't name every restaurant after myself and <laughs> put my name on every beer and, you know, and everything else. But I think that it's important. And I've had some good life lessons from that weren't business experiences, things, you know, like a near death experience that really kind of was enough to kind of kick me and say, listen, someone else is in control here. You need to back up, back off and remember, you know, that the world will operate without you or with you and you decide how you want to go forward. And so it's made me have a new direction in my life with, with the growth of our company and, and our business. I've tried to take it as, you know, I'm obviously a for-profit business. I mean, I want to yep. run a successful company. I would like to someday sell this and get a check with a lot of zeros. But until that day comes, I feel like I've been kind of put on the earth to do different things. And mm -hmm. I, I've got 1,200 young minds that I think that I'm not just teaching them how to serve burgers and fries. I think I can teach them to be better people in our world. And, and Have you read be, The Go-Giver? No. It's a great short read. I'll it, get you a copy of okay. it. It's, yeah, it's a great, it's just, uh, it's, it's basically just value for value, right? So you put into life what you want back out of it. And as soon as you start putting in, it just starts it's amazing, to come yeah. back. And you don't yeah. ever ask for it to come back. Yeah. You no, just it just put does. In, put in, put in, put in. And so. I, you know, and I try to, I don't never like to put a PR spin on like, th you know, the things that we do in the community and the philanthropics has never been about, hey, look at me. Mm -hmm. It's about, because I love doing that. I love helping people. You know, mm -hmm. I just feel like I've been blessed with this, this opportunity to have, the, all these great restaurants, all these good people working for me, and why not use that to do better in the world? Because I think there's just, I mean, you know, I, I'm starting to totally sound like a, a, a dad or this, you know, this prophet or something, but there's just so much evil, man. There's just so much shit that you just see on the news and people, you know, killing people that they, you know, like all this uh, terrorism and all this, everybody's got a social media mouth and everybody wants to yeah. make fun of somebody else or tell you where you're failing. I've always wanted, I want to do a Yelp for like, office jobs, you know, cause I, <laughs> yeah. cause I get so much shit, you know, for different, and I get it. I mean, if we make a mistake, go ahead and I would love for people to just, con you know, like contact me privately and say, Hey, can you fix this? And if I don't, then you should blast me. But if it's amazing if how I, brave somebody is on yeah. Twitter. Oh right? yeah. And then when you contact them, they're like, I'm like, you realize I got that, right? <laughs> like I can see my name on it. <laughs> so. so I'm going to invent like some kind of, I'm going to call it yell or something where I just like go into offices and tell people you suck. The water's not, you know, the water. You, you, the copier printer ink is all out and you, you totally <laughs> fucked up on this but oh, sorry yeah i don't know if i'm allowed to no, no you're you fine. can you're fine. <laughs> fuck bomb all you want yeah no you know you uh, and uh, but i don't do you know they don't get that they might get reprimanded by their boss or like lose a sale but oh well yeah. i try not to so anyway the spin on this and to i got off on a tangent is that it's i just okay. i this try show not is to, just a bunch of tangents this is all it is to, i just try not to take work so serious you know i think that when, what so I, when so for me it's when I first had the idea for my invention, it was, I'm going to be so fucking rich. You know what I mean? Like right. oh, I had, yeah. I'm holding it. I'm oh, like, Oh there. man, I'm oh, going to yeah. be rich. And then at a certain point, life had kicked me in the ball so many fucking times <laughs> that it had stopped being about any amount of money and just being about what I'm doing. Yep. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think that happened pretty quick. But, I was I mean, able to flip it a little bit to, I'm a competitive person. I'm sure yeah. like, I think all of us as entrepreneurs, you're type A, Probably a little oh, bit I don't, OCD. I don't lose. I mean, yeah. I'll cheat so that, to win, right? whatever so, it takes. Yeah. So to me, it's not just about, it's not really about the money. I mean, I want to cover my debts. I want, I'd like to, if I can go on vacations, I'd like to go on vacations, mm -hmm. but that's not, like, I don't need five cars. I don't need a palace. I don't need yeah. all that stuff, you know? So, because I think once you get more and more, all you're doing is creating just all kinds of other new problems. So, but what I'd like to do is win, you know, like yeah. I like to be, I, I don't, 
I never go into business like saying I'm going to put somebody else out of business. I think that there are, I, I come across some of those restaurant owners and I, I just hate it. I, I don't like, you know, I just, I'm like, you, you hate me that much because I'm competition. Why aren't we, aren't we, we should be working together. We're colleagues, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't go to Mr. Appleby or Mr. Friday and say like, I mean, go ahead and hate those guys, but all us independents. And I think, you know, I get kind of lumped in now as this, all of a sudden we've got 12 restaurants and now. Oh God! You know, well, I'm Home, becoming Home the thing Depot that I used to sh- send black roses to all the hardware stores <laughs> in town when they would move in, and I'm like, that's fucked up. I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah, that's. Just, I mean, I get it, but fuck me. I'd rather work with people, you know. So I, I just think I always say that. Listen, there's enough pie for everybody to eat. We yeah. don't. You don't have to be a hog. Let's just all share and get along. And you make your money, I'll make my money. I think what's great about competition is I like just trying hard. Like when I see somebody do an awesome burger or pizza. And I respect like the Napoleses and the Pizzologies and mm-hmm. Brew Burger and all these guys. They do freaking awesome things. And I all it makes me want to do is try harder to, I'm like, damn it, that's a great idea. Yeah. I, I wish I could have come up with that. Isn't it? I mean, the restaurant scene in Indianapolis is outstanding. Oh, man. It's so it's so good. Did you rewind back to uh, when we first Even opened, just three years ago, yeah, it wasn't. Three, yeah, I mean, when I, I remember opening on the north side. And it was, you know, we were known as Chain City USA. It was like this bullshit yeah. town of like all Olive Gardens and Red Lobster. Well, if you get outside the circle, it, it's Chain City USA. And I wish, you know, I wish there was more up on 96, you know, the north side anyway. Mm-hmm. Like downtown has such a cool, vibrant scene going on right now that I wish some of that would push north. Well, the Broad Ripple area. Have you been to Fat Dance? I haven't, but you I've, have I've to go spoken to with Tim on oh, Twitter God, and amazing. I've heard it's great. I've oh, heard he's awesome. It's amazing. I, I'm there way too much. I, You know what? Uh, I'm so I'm such a workaholic that I I like eat I hate to admit it but I mean Subway's right next to my office so I eat Subway <laughs> like by my desk every day and when I get off I with four kids we eat at my restaurant typically once a week on Saturdays we like to take our Saturday trip there but at night it's carry out it's you know it's ordering delivery from somebody yeah I don't do hardly any cooking at home my wife is a genius cooking but like i said before i'm not a good i'm not good at that i'm just i have ideas like i see you know what i love to do is the research the r&d mm-hmm. which is obviously fun to, to go out food. and eat and drink yeah. yeah so when i go to chicago which is obviously one of the best foodie cities around yep. and convenient for all of us i love going up there and i just i take notes man i just get take ideas and then i try to figure out all right i had this at girl in the goat or i had this at dmk burger bar or i had this at this you know whatever badass restaurant that's up there how can i make that have work you been in to kuma's Corner oh burger? yeah and they're yeah. coming you know they're Are coming? They? Yeah. To, awesome. To Fountain Square. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so you, you've been talking about your family a lot. Um, will you speak to that? Because, uh, you know, my business, um, while my marriage could could survive, a, you know, a felony arrest and uh, all kinds of stuff there, it, it could not survive uh, the startup of a company, which is absolutely brutal. It is brutal, man. You know, so I, how does the family come into play with it? I'll tell you where I couldn't survive a felony arrest. I don't. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't look good in that color in jail, and I'm just. You're too pretty. I'm. I'm not a giver. You're, I don't want to be a giver or taker in jail. I'm uh, pretty set with my heterosexuality, and yeah. I just. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I am too. I'm too you pretty. learn how to do your makeup with Skittles. I guess that's how they do it. You get them wet. So uh, is that how they do that? Yeah, uh, that's how you do your makeup in prison. I, I get. I've been told. I, good I note. That is good note. To I have. didn't have to go, so I, I don't know. But I was. I, I was doing things research. On somebody's back. Tattooing things. And with like, the ballpoint pen like and titties the... or something on somebody's back on their shoulder blades <laughs> oh, yeah. of you. I mean, we're way off. We are way off. Track. No, it's okay. Just you know, pull your pocket uh, out, and <laughs> grab a hold of it. Yeah, no, it's good. No, I, you know, for a, as a family guy, I think you know. Again, going back to this life experience that I had, uh, it was an I got an infection in my brain, and it just it changed me. It totally. I I I believe that God was like, 
you're you're off course. You're you're working too hard. You're you're. I think I was getting too cocky, mm-hmm. and I think that I was not giving my devotion to my family. I wasn't giving my devotion to my church, and I think that he was trying to tell me before that, and I wasn't listening. And I think that, and this is just my opinion, but I got mm-hmm. this infection, and it was just weird. It was a weird set of circumstances where I was I wanted to get baptized, and I kept putting it off and putting it off, and. And then all of a sudden I went batshit crazy. I went through seizures and I, you know, a couple trips in the ambulance to the emergency room at two in the morning. A couple? I did it once at South Carolina when I was down, I was at the end of a vacation and I, and this happened and they couldn't, I was in the hospital for a week and they couldn't figure it out. I flew back to Indy. I was here for a day and that night I had the seizures again and went into the hospital and then I don't remember wrestling the police officer. I don't remember being strapped to the hospital bed. They thought that I was on like crazy drugs and I was, you know, my wife's like, no, what were you? No, no, (laughs) (laughs) not this time. I wish I could. I wish it would have been something that I could tell a good story like that. But no, it. that's next. That's now. Yeah, that's that's when I get to my rock star phase later in life. Like, no, I mean, that's the next story you're going to tell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one about I haven't had my midlife crisis yet. I think that helped solve that. But, you know, just that going through that and then kind of waking up and just knowing that I was that close to death and just it was it was great. So it was life altering. So. I, you know, I went and got baptized, you know, the month after I got out of the hospital. Uh, I wasn't able to drive for six months because of having seizures. There's, there's a law that, you know, that crazy, makes, that crazy sounds law like that, a good law. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean. that keeps you off the road. So, but it's just, you know, go, think back to your age where you're 15 and had to get, and you're, you're, okay, so I'm running 10, 12 restaurants and I've got to get a fucking ride everywhere I want to go <laughs> to like try to, I'm like, Trying to ask my wife. My kids are too young to take me around. I mean, it was a pain in the ass. What you needed was a 16-year-old. I did. It would have been the best thing <laughs> that did. ever happened to him. So I, uh, with that experience, it wasn't just about work. It changed my whole model for work. It changed, Like I just told you, mm-hmm. the way I was teaching my staff, the way I wanted to grow my company, the way I wanted to give back to the community. But the biggest thing was is that this, you know, this, this iPhone that's sitting right here, I felt that I would come home every day from work late and I'd still work. And I'd be with my kids and I'd be like, read to daddy. And then while they're reading to daddy, I'm not listening to a thing they're saying and I'm checking email. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, what are you doing, Scott? You got these kids and you're missing their lives. And so I just felt like that was a big wake up call for me. And it's been, it's been awesome. I mean, work, I fall behind daily in email and work, but I don't give a shit. But it's you know, okay, I've right? got a, I've got a freaking beautiful family and I'm blessed with a great life. And I, and I try, and I still am prone to picking this up because I think it's just like this, like naturally when the kids start going off and they're doing something, I'm like, okay, I got 30 seconds to check five emails Mm -hmm. and that's not right. You know, I just, so for me, and I agree to, you know, to your point with family, if I was opening a a new business and I had a family, it would be chaos. And I know, I know it's a stressor on friends that I have that, and I think it's not fair to say that it's just entrepreneurship because I've got friends that are doctors and I've got friends that are lawyers and friends that are just working in any everyday business yep. it's anybody anybody that's driven and wants to work hard there you do have to find you know there there isn't work-life balance doesn't exist people just like to use that word work lot you know this life work balance it does it, there's not that's not work life it's not balance a real thing. is yeah. just you monitoring when you turn work off because we're such a connected society that yeah. you have to figure out all right i gotta close down i sometimes i wish my wife is a hairdresser uh and she, that's why your hair looks so good. <laughs> no, it's just gazing at your handsome it's pro- ass. It's, it's really perfect. Yeah, it looks, it's, I, yeah. I've been taking Propecia since I was like I do Rogaine and Propecia, yeah. 
<laughs> so I uh, the work causes all the hair. To fall I mean, why, out? The fuck, gotta... why does hair grow? My nose hairs grow so long, what? and my ear hairs, but my head when, hairs. What age does that happen? Uh, it's I have to pull be, nose I, hair out of my nose every morning. I'm 32 oh, I, years old. My like, wife gets the, mad at me because I'll fuck? be driving in the car and I'm just sitting there just yanking. And she goes, "You know that you're not invisible, right? You know that your windows, people can see through the car." And I, I so. Where were we? With all- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Propecia. No, I don't know where we were. We're talking well, about just, family. Fa- so, I don't Your know. Your wife's just, a hairdresser. Oh, so she, you know, I yeah. just, sometimes I wish that I had a job where I could be, she hate, you know, she doesn't like standing on her feet all day, but at the end of the day when she leaves, it's not like she has to email clients. Right. Like, she, she knows she's done. Like, she she's, leaves work at work. And, work is done. Yeah. And I just, you know, I think that you could look at this, you know, the grass is always greener, right? Like yeah. you look at things and I'm just like, man, I wish I, or I wish I could have done I'm happy. You know, at the end of the day, I try to not I just do that. Try, I don't. I, yeah. You're right. You, you seem like the kind of guy that doesn't do that. If, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I'm, I'm very, I love what I do. I love, I'm passionate about it as much as I want to joke about Yelp and things like that. What I find those are, are opportunities for me to win somebody back over. I love a disgruntled customer because I'm like, you Isn't know what? That good? That's a challenge. It's I'm my gonna favorite get back. thing ever. Cause you can make those people can almost, almost always can become your most raving fans if you treat it the right way. Every single time, if you handle it appropriately, yeah. they will become Unfortunately, some of my managers don't always handle it the right way, but that's where Super Scott gets to fly in and yeah. with his cape and, and his email and say, listen, everything's on the house next time you come in. I will take care of you. You know, it's the, the cool things about my industry that I love are the wow experiences, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's something you can't teach. We call it EQ instead of IQ. It's that emotional quotient that I can't teach. You, you know, as a person, when you come in and work for me, you've got things that are already built in. You, you either have manners or you don't. You, either have, you can look me in the eye. You can smile. Mm-hmm. You have a personality. I can't teach you that. I can't teach you the wow moments. Like, I can't teach you when somebody drops a fork. I can hear, I can hear it. I could hear it in one of your other offices around here. If somebody drops something, I'd be like, oh, I better go run. You know, that's, that's just built into me. Uh-huh. And I think for us, like, you know, there was a, t- a tweet, um, gosh, it was a couple years ago, and somebody sent it and said, I said something like, hey, join our VIP club because we'll remember your anniversary. The beauty of it is you get a free dessert and, hey, guys, we'll help you remember your anniversary. Kind of just joking. And this guy was like, you don't have to remind me because we met at your place and we're coming to celebrate our three year tonight. And I was like, boom. I mean, that that right there, okay, that, so any normal person's like, oh, that's cool, good story. Well, no, that's not the end of the story. The end of the story is I said, I said wow moment right here. Yeah. I called my manager and I said, get a tablecloth, get a bottle of champagne, go down the store and get it some flowers. Let's deck it out, man. Let's make these, and yeah. and it was, and this these people, I wasn't looking for any kind of like blog post or anything like that, but I wanted to just, I thought that it would be cool. No, that's to give, fucking awesome. And and they loved it. And, yeah. they, and I know those people have been loyal fans Ever since, yeah, they're they're your best advertisement, yep. word of mouth. So I love I love doing that. I just that's what I love about this industry is I just love making people happy. So trying to, trying to make them forget about the bullshit that they went through during their day. That's that is a well, alcohol and food. That's the best <laughs> yeah. way to soothe anything, Numb them up. right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so let's talk about Twitter for a minute. Um, I love you on Twitter. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I I like all the shit you say, um, the ridiculous stuff. The good part is, so. I mean, you got to tune in between like nine p.m. on Friday night. And you know Sunday morning between eight a.m. That's when the real Scott comes. I mean, yeah. well, not I don't want the, to say the three beer Scott. Scott. But yeah, it's the three beer Scott. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, There's a three beer Josh too. It's, and I, you know, it's I probably, it's, a, it's obviously dangerous. I love <laughs> I love uh, tagging my HR director on my tweets because I just think it's fun. I love like just razzing her because she, you know, she's a great HR person and she's just. I know every morning I'm gonna have to get a talk from her about something I said and should have said and, you know, I'm lucky if the lawyer doesn't have to pop in the office and say like, hey. 
you can't say that anymore on Twitter. You know, you're going to get yourself in trouble. And I'm like, no, I'm just fucking joking around. I mean, but you're people, a restaurateur. It's not like you're, you know, I mean, you're not, not like you're running a charity I'm foundation. I'm very lucky because I, yeah. I definitely am avant-garde the way that I, you know, like yeah. people get who they know following me, you're going to get, you know, pretty much a raw Scott. I mean, yeah. well, shit, even the stuff that I say might not seem like it's filtered, but it actually goes through some port. When I, when I get ready to tweet, I'm like, all right, how can somebody tear this apart and make it spin it back in my face and say something that I'm not even saying, which is crazy that I have to go through that process. Well, it's just about anything you could say could that could be oh, yeah, done with. That yeah. just backfires. But yeah. most people know the stuff that we say that is just going to be either fun. You know, you know I'm, I always, from the day we started, and people were like, oh, I don't know if you should say that, Scott. And that's not a business way. I still get today, I'll get little PR students that'll from you know IUPUI and all these different schools will be like, I can't believe the owner of this business is saying things like this. Ridiculous. Hashtag dumbass. I'm like, you know what? Look, I, if my follower count keeps going up, then I feel like I'm doing something right. Yeah. I mean, if, if it was going down. Well, and I it's would... really real. You yeah. know what I mean? It's it's what we're all thinking. <laughs> right. You know, right. You're just putting it on I'm Twitter. I'm just being a person. Yeah, you're just being a person, which is, you know, makes it easier to connect with you and your restaurant. So it's fun. You know, it's been a fun thing to watch because, mm-hmm. you know, we were on there. I don't want to say we're like. Twitter person number one, but we were definitely one of the first to be not, you know, not of all the world, but relatively soon we were, I think 2007 or nine, I forget we, when we joined and I didn't even know what, you know, I was like, what the hell is, I'm like all my managers, you got to follow me on this thing. Cause I don't know why, but you need to. And then I'd just be talking to him, and I'm like, and I'm not even sure how it works. I'm like, why yeah. the fuck? Why am I not texting? If I, if I'm, you know, and see, I have all my sales staff on Twitter. I'm like, you guys need to be on Twitter. We need to be talking. We need to be bouncing this stuff around. And my COO Mike is like, what? What's Twitter? Like the guy doesn't even have a Facebook account. I'm like, dude, you come on. We're in, we're in business here. It's this fun. is, you know, it's, it's networking it's is what it is. Too, I like it. Like yeah. I, some of the stuff I say, I'm just, it's all about like, I want to see how many retweets and, and favorites I get. Yeah. It's to me, it's like, it's super it's narcissistic. Com- it's competition. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's all, it's back to that competitive <laughs> exactly. thing. I'm like, dang it. Only 41. I, I know I can do better next time. I got to think of something funnier to say. Yeah. Well, no. And that's the cool thing about it is you can, it's, you know, always tweet something. You can tweet and it's it a great, you know, the tool, two minutes later, the tool for it. That's so that, you know, it obviously was in, well, I don't know, you know what the sole purpose of it was, but I mean, it gives everybody a mouth to do, say whatever they want, but for me in my industry, it's great to get feedback. Like I got yeah. rid of like our shopping com- our shopper company that I was paying hundred grand a year to. I'm like, why do I need them anymore? I got a bazillion people that'll tell me either how good or bad I'm doing, and I get to talk right back to them yeah. instantly. Well, and it's an honest opinion because people are sending it to what they think is faceless and right. You know, it's- oh, and they love and I love that too. They're like, yeah. is this really Scott or is this the digital media? Because we have a guy that helps, mm-hmm. and he mo- but I read everything that he reads. I just don't have the time to respond. So sometimes people will call him out and say, is this, is this Bruce or Scott? And I'm like, and so I'll tie a guy in and I'm like, Hey, I'm right here listening. I'm not typing all these messages, but I'm, if you need me, just tell me what you need. I'm right here. My favorite is, do you do the, um, the two different accounts where you'll talk? No, cause <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're your company. Yeah. Yeah. I sometimes, cause all we have the social media you'll help talk on back one yourself. side <laughs> and I'll be like back and forth. Haven't. Well, you know, what's funny is I don't. I shouldn't really even admit this, but I don't read anybody else's tweets. You don't unless, read anybody else's? Unless you tag me in, then I don't I don't go to anybody. I mean, occasionally, I'll, if somebody says, hey, you got to go check out so-and-so and see what they said on Twitter, mm-hmm. or I happen to like click on your name, and then I, I'll just scroll through maybe five tweets to see what you've been saying. And if I get hooked in, then I might go, you know, bounce around a little bit like that. But for the, for the most part, I don't read anybody else's stuff because I just don't have time. I don't have time. I've... I'm so freaking busy that I feel like if I'm sit, 
Because I could get lost in that world. If oh, I got yeah. in there and really wanted to start, I don't do face. I don't read anybody's Facebook. It's the worst. I'll, I'll be watching the stream and I'll hit like an uh, an, uh, an article link and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> now I got to read this damn article before I, say, I can I, even like the tweet. I get enough email newsletters that I'm so, and I do yeah. that same thing. I'm like, don't don't look at it. If you see the subject line, you're going to get drawn in. I'm like, fuck. In. So then I open it and then I click on five <laughs> different articles and then I have to read five different and articles. And now you're on YouTube watching yeah. cats fall out of trees and it's just a downward spiral. <laughs> so um, speaking of cats falling out of trees, what is, what is, what is your, what's your best story? The fun one. You know what I mean? Like mine, one of mine is I woke up at a, at a I was at a trade show and uh, I, I, I consider myself to be a, and a very good drinker, right? <laughs> in the fact that I will excuse myself before I pass out at a bar or That's do brilliant. something stupid, right? That's so smart. I'm getting there and I'm like, oh, I better excuse myself. So I excuse myself, get back to the hotel room, and the next thing I can remember is waking up in the hallway uh, surrounded by <laughs> USA Today's. So that means that somebody had to step over me because I was browning out. I don't remember them being there when browning I passed out. out. Yeah. So... Um, <laughs> Some, somebody actually set the papers out with me passed out in the middle of the hallway. I get up, I reach in my pocket, grab my room card, and go into my room. So I don't know if I was like a door off <laughs> or, or what, but you know, and that's one of many ridiculous stories like that. We're getting in the booze business, but what, what's yours? You I gotta have got a good one. Stories out the ass. I, I can't, I, can't, I don't even know where to start. I mean, I, the, one of the ones that I think was funny was when I was younger. I, so I've got, I've got terrible eyesight. And I've got, con- you know, one, just one of my many pro- physical problems. And I, I've got contacts. And I was out drinking in Key West. And a bu- and we were hammered. And a buddy and I, and he, somehow, somehow we I think we started, we decided that it'd be fun to play Fight Club in the bar. So we're f- punching each other in the face, trading Makes punches. Sense. Yep. And my contact flies out. And then we get kicked out of the bar, and I lose, and I can't find him. And now I'm, blo- I'm, I'm seriously like 2,400 without my contacts. So I'm, I'm close to legally blind. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to figure out how to get home, find my way back to my place. So I get back to the condo and I just bust ass and walk inside and, you know, figure I'm going to just lay on the couch and eat some Cheetos and just whatever. And so I sit down and I look to my left and there's a full on family sitting there having TV time <laughs> and I'm in the wrong condo. <laughs> so that's didn't get arrested awesome. found my way back to the place but so i've got i mean you know i think all of us probably have the uh alcohol stories that can entertain thousands of people oh yeah for days yeah. absolutely um well what else what else do we want to talk about brad you got any well i was gonna say i mean you talked a little bit earlier uh when, when you're running a company like a restaurant you've got a lot of people that work for you and i've, I've heard some good stories about you know the way you actually treat people um is a lot better than most management styles, I think. Uh, in fact, uh, didn't you at one point, I don't know if you still do this, but uh, when the iPhone was first released, I remember you yeah. know, a tweet or yeah. something with a stack of, of yeah. yeah, that you handed out to all your Yeah, managers. we still do that. I mean, you know, I, th- yeah, I think I look to like the companies like Google and, you know, all those Silicon Valley companies that give you those different works, but, you know, hey, you know, work in a beanbag and take your shoes off and play ping pong and all this Dipshit stuff that we can't uh, that I can't, I can't let them go that far. But I just I look at it Health as department usually frowns on. Some yeah, they would look yeah. at they they wouldn't they wouldn't like that. But I think that there are things that I try to think. I'm I consider myself just the average Joe guy. You know, like I'm just like you guys. I mean, we have similar likes, similar tastes. I mean, you might like whiskey, I like beer. I mean, but 
the end of the day, like we both. might both like wings. <laughs> we like beer. I mean, we like burgers. You know, like I just feel like I'm an average guy. And so in thinking that way, when I put together any of our restaurants, I'm the one that does all, you know, I design, I, I design all the restaurants. I, 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 I don't get to do, I tell, I know what I want out of the food, mm-hmm. but I don't know how to make it. So I sit with a guy on my team that is awesome. And I say, here's what I want, but I want to see exactly what it looks like when you're done. Cause I know what I want and I know, and I think I know what you guys want when you come in. So using that kind of mindset, you can use it across the board. And I think of myself, I'm never going to, I just, I don't know. You look at some, you see some of the stories like those CEOs that are just total dicks. And I'm like, how do you get anything done? Like, I think you do, there are times where you, you have to be aggressive. I know my team would probably tell you that I demand, overly demand. I want things quicker than what they can produce. But I think that's the, what the challenge is me. I think that's where I can get the great greatness out of people is because well, they, they're not being pushed. Yeah, yeah. they don't they they think they can't, but they don't. I know they can. I just have to give them the confidence and the and I have to push them. Uh-huh. And so in doing that, it's it's all about respect. You know, I just think that anything that I've become in this world is because of two incredible parents and you know they taught me to you know most importantly be humble never you're, you're no better than anybody else in this world you know your shit stinks like you're you're you know when you get up in the morning and take a dump it smells just as bad as yours and yours <laughs> maybe a little worse because i like <laughs> jalapenos but so in doing in thinking that way and just that's kind of the way my mind is it works I want to figure out how can I motivate you and how can I make my company different? How can I think outside the box to make you love what you're doing where you might be able to make X amount of dollars more at this other company? How can I, how can I incentivize you to want really love my place? And in, in doing that, I just, I want to think of different ways to do it. So, you know, in our industry, we've been always known for the comp, the, the um, type of industry that you work seven days a week, you you get one day off, or if you get two, you get one on Monday and one on Thursday. They're not, you know, so there's just, crappy things about our industry that I wanted to change and it's and it's difficult I know why they are why they are but the just because it is what it is doesn't mean that it has to be that way forever I think I wanted to try to push push it a little bit so giving iPhones or giving more paid vacation than other companies or you know we we reimburse for if you have a gym membership or if you want to do yoga or if you want to do spinning or you know whatever you nice. want to do well you know I just I think so again using me I see what fitness has done in my life. It allows me to mm-hmm. kind of just get the stress out and it gets, helps me have ideas. And I'm like, all right, I got to figure out how can I incentivize because not everybody has that same mindset. A lot of people hate working out and I, and I wanted to figure out how can I get them to like it? So we got, you know, those, um, Fitbits, Fitbits yeah. were very like three or four years ago. And I'm like, okay, now just because I get it for them, I want to have some competition. So, you know, cause me, cause I want to have competition. Right. So I'm like, all right. And I'll pair them up with three or four on a team that way you're not by yourself and you get demotivated. You got other people that are going to push you. Well, so yeah, we, you got your teammates heckling you. Yeah, like, yeah. So come on, Billy. So we and it you you wouldn't believe how much of a competition it became because especially if you got a manager on the restaurant floor, the average person that works in the restaurant industry walks between three and eight miles a day, just walking around, yeah. serving and doing all the stuff we have to do. And you would you'd love teaming up with those people because they would totally make your score get higher. It so. But if you're in like the executive office, you're with a bunch of people that sit on their ass all day and we just sit and type and we don't get any motion. So, but it's been things like that, I think are awesome. Like I love doing things like that. It's, uh, we do, we take all of the staff to an Indians game uh, every summer where I get the Coors Corner and we close down the restaurant. I mean, it's a big expense, closing down the restaurant, getting buses to get all my employees there, dealing with 
the ones that probably shouldn't be drinking or drinking too much <laughs> becomes a major hassle for HR and me all day that day and Are for you the one next of those two weeks. Once? Well, when I was when I was uh, growing up, for sure I was one of the ones that was drinking. But <laughs> no, I would, shouldn't be drinking. You know what? But I could hold. I see some of these kids that just they drink to stupidity. Like I, you know, and I get it. I guess if you're 18 and oh, you don't you, know how you don't remember you how just to drink. told me a story about barging <laughs> into somebody else's condo that's true and you're, you're you got the big judgment sword well out. but if i'm gonna you know if your boss is gonna be there i just wouldn't you like not drink as much i don't know yeah, I mean, you think you'd keep it together for your boss remember, well it depends on who your boss is well I and mean. i remember the days where you know one shot of vodka meant eight shots of vodka and it can sneak up on you we had a uh, we had i had an employee that i rewarded with uh colts tickets and I just happened to be going the game as well. She got blacked out drunk, stole the, <laughs> stole the fifth of crown from one of the bars in Lucas Oil, um, and we never saw her again. Ever? Ever. Never came back to work. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So you, I rewarded her for doing a good job. Yeah, she's alive. She texted one of the other employees, but <laughs> rewarded her for doing a good job. And then, uh, you know, just. See, that's what. It's sometimes things like that happen. You know, yeah. I've got a, a guy on our team that's come from other chain restaurants, and he's like, I hate doing these these big events like this because I know I'm going to have an employee that's going to screw up and I'm going to have to deal with it. I'm like, you know what? We are going to have a few problems. But at the end of the day, the the culture that gets built by doing stuff like that is just – so, yeah, yeah, it outweighs it. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to be like the chains that won't do it because all the lawyers tell them no. It, yes, it is dangerous, but we try to take every precaution. You know, we drive them to and fro. We make sure that we've got Ubers that take care. You know, like I feel like we take every safety precaution we can. You think you do everything right and then you're going to forget something, but – the end of the day i think just doing things like that to your question is just those are things i love to do is creating those just those morale and motivation events for our team in fact it's one of our uh you know the call as we've grown so i you know i kind of alluded to the fact that i'm becoming this thing that i hated you know mm-hmm. i didn't ever i hated chain restaurants and now i'm all of a sudden becoming this like you know local chain regional chain and well you're all the way down in florida now right well not so. yet soon but i you know i've done everything i can i try to fight that that feeling of being corporate and you so in doing that one of the things that we in a, and it's to, a totally corporate statement but yeah I'm the statement is you know speak I make, to this yeah i make my uh every one of my gms i tell them they have to do what we call a morale and motivation event for culture every month and mm-hmm. i don't tell them what i just say you need have ownership in your restaurant do, do whatever you want but I'll, let me give you some ideas like go, take them to a bowling alley have a cookout at your house uh, have all the people that are having birthday parties that or birthdays that month, have them all there together, buy pizza, all pay, pay for it. But I think things like that are what make us different. And yeah. I said, you know, at the end of the day, there are a thousand burger and fry joints and, and a lot of them are probably cheaper than me. So the only thing that's going to sell us are those people that work for me. All those 1200 people are, are the ones that make me successful. Well, you can or not. tell that those people want to work for you. I, well, I appreciate that. I mean, yeah. I, I try to, that's when I tell you that I email every one of them. It's mm-hmm. a difficult thing to do every day. It, it puts me behind, but I'm okay with it because I think that they. I've gotten notes from kids that have from a dad that I can you know I read back through the chain and it's a forward from his daughter that said check how cool this check out how cool this is the you know the owner yeah took, the took time, time to, say. to say something to me and I just I read that and I'm just like all right you know because sometimes you need reminders that sometimes when you're tweeting. You know, you forget that you're talking to like twenty eight or thirty thousand people, and you, yeah. you know, you say something, and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And then, or you know, you get some just just somebody talking back, and you or fifteen people talking back, or a hundred people, and you're like, all right, this it it is working, it is valid, like this does have a reason for it. 
you know, whether it's the email to the employee or sometimes you just need, you know, you sit at this position at the top of the company and you don't all the time get validation. You get the banks to tell you that you're not covering your It's your a very lonely yeah, place. it's lonely. It can be a very lonely you're place. Making, one of my lead investors is like, it's a lonely place, Josh. It is. And there's no handbook for yeah. it. There's no one to tell me. You know, I try to borrow from friends. I, You know, I've got buddies in the industry that have done greater things and I'll call them occasionally and say, okay, I'm getting ready to do this. What? Can give me some advice, and it's and that's helpful. Like you'll get the guy that owns Cooper's Hawk is a buddy of mine, and I'll tell him things that I'm going through, and he's like, "Oh, let me tell you, like I did that. Don't do, you know, turn left, don't go right, because yeah. if you do it that way, you're gonna have all kinds of mess, you know, mess to clean up." So that's nice that you have that to lean on. It is. It's good. To, you know, I think that the, any kind of networking group that you know, YPO or I mean, there's a dozen. You know, Indianapolis has. I come across them all the time, and I'm not a bit. Sometimes I, you know, I don't want to go to those these big networking events because i don't want to get sold on a thousand different things but except for your company I, well I like of course well, sold yeah your of course because it's the most amazing company <laughs> ever yeah. but i you know i but i think there are a lot i think what people should do in business is use others like talk and yeah. get because i'm i love giving advice people call me all that you know of course i get every 22 year old from iu purdue and ball state that want to open a bar and I'm like, you know, I'll tell you what. You give me a bucket of cash, I'll kick you in the nuts, and I'll tell you what call it feels it good. like. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll call it good. We'll call it even. <laughs> exactly. I'll teach you how to run a restaurant. So, <laughs> so um, speaking of the bucket of cash, I ask this. I try to ask this question every show. You said you mentioned earlier, check with a bunch of zeros on it. What are you going to do? What's my do? magic number? Oh. No, what are you going to do with all that money? What are you going to do oh, with I your You know what? I mean, I won't retire. I, you know, it's, it, I'm a born on you know if i i would get yep. bored i and i think if you talk to anybody that has done that i've talked to people that have sold out in different businesses and they're like i played golf for six months and i i hate it i was ready to and i want to shoot my myself yeah, in the face I, yeah. I mean we've been talking a lot about twitter even those guys went on to create paypal right and other right things because yeah. they just you can't get yeah exactly i mean it's like the guys from exact target you know like bag and all those guys they're they can't stop there it's in their blood to be to develop and to think of the next thing so if or when the time comes when we're ready to sell, th- what I would like is just going to bed at night and knowing that I don't have to worry about mortgages and uh, payroll and all the things that just are the constant stressors. Payroll's a bitch, isn't oh, it? Oh, <laughs> I think ours is, and not. I mean, not to brag because I don't. It's money going out, not coming in. But you know, I think our payroll is almost a half million dollars every two weeks, which is just not. I mean, I, I'm proud also to say that because. I think it's kind of cool to be. No, it's a great to thing. Be a, you it's know, a I fantastic think that thing. As a, you know, restaurants don't get a lot of the glory that we get taxed all the time. We always get told that you can't have saturated fats and you can't have sugar and you got to take away the diets and you got to, you know, this is. And I'm like, how about you teach some fucking people how to raise their kids instead of trying to tell me how to run the bit? Like, yeah, you don't have to eat here. Uh, look, I I'm, <laughs> I look okay and I just I it's all about moderation. Like, you can have fries and a burger and a beer, just don't have it four times a day. Yeah. So, uh. I don't know where I was even alluded to or going to with that conversation. Pay, payroll. Oh, payroll. So <laughs> what the cool part of our industry is that we're, we're a major, I think we're one of the top employers in the country, mm-hmm. our industry. And for me, I'm proud to know that it's not, I love providing the jobs. I love that I can say that I'm a, a, a good provider in Indiana for, if it's a half million dollars in payroll, how much is it in tax money that's going into our coffers? And it's, it's and that's not just me. I mean, that says a lot to the people of Indiana that support who we are and what we are. I, th- I think it, it's just a cool story. It's a nut. It's, you know, I, I don't claim that we're like an in and out burger or any of those, you know, those people that have those major cult followings. But I think the reason we're still successful today is because I was able to open 19 years ago. 
and keep the brand alive. You know, I was able to dodge and weave. And I like the diversity of your brands. It's one of the things that I've always been fascinated with. Your change is that they're not all the same. So it's kind yeah, of a chain. every store is a little different. Yeah it's, every, yeah, it's a chain, but they're all different colored links. You know, you know and I, mean? I think the thing that I just I don't like about our growth is the is the personality. So the personality kind of you know I've always said my blood is that business. Like I'm, my personality yeah. is in it. Well, like anything, the bigger you get, it starts thinning out. It's like water. It start you know so you it starts to lose a little bit of personality. You start, and that's where you have to go back in. And that starts where to the, turn into an apple. Piece. Yeah, and that's yeah. where the corporation start part starts to come alive, and you're like. All right, I got to go back in here, and I got to make sure that they are doing culture events. I got to make sure, and it's just it's tough to try to. You can see as you get bigger. I mean, it's every time we add a new restaurant, it's just like there's a hundred more employees that I got to make sure I'm watching over. And yeah, it sounds stressful. <laughs> so the payoff would be that if I get that check with a lot of zeros, I will. I, what I want to do is take care of all the people that've been with me, even the ones that don't have equity. They're all going to get a nice big fat bonus check. Because most likely they're not going to have a job the next day, and uh, <laughs> well, they're going to still be open, right? Well, the restaurants no, are still. I'm talking open. about the executive team. Oh, the I'm, executive not give, team. I'm not giving a big fat check okay, to all okay. 1,200 employees. Okay. I'm saying all of my, you know, we've got 20 people in our executive office, and it's continuing to grow. Those are the ones that I'll make sure that I give a nice check to. Um, but I'll, I'll do something else. You know, I'll, I will probably stay in the business. I would love at some point to move to. I'm. I feel like I would. I'm born for Southern California. But, aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I want to have enough money to be able to live in Southern California and enjoy it. And uh, You need to check with a lot of zeros. I know. A lot of zeros. And I have, you know, with the kids being young, it's just a pipe. I'm just going to have it as a pipe dream because I'm kind of planted. You know, I, lo- I love Indiana. I love the seasons. I wish they were a little shorter sometimes. But, you know, I love our, I love our, I love the state. I love the city, yeah. man. I love, I love our teams. I love. Well, I'm the, a transplant and the I people. absolutely love it here. I, know, I, I couldn't be happier. You can't find better values. The dating scene is rough, but. Uh, I can imagine. <laughs> uh, luckily, I got, I got lucky yeah. uh, with a blind date very early nice. in, my, in my life. So. My Tinder matches haven't been so lucky. <laughs> yeah. Slutty? No, so lucky. Oh, I thought. I, but slutty, I just, yes. Yeah, that's lucky, what I'm saying. I was, no. a, I was a slutty with a question mark. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's. You know. <laughs> I do okay. Listen, I've been <laughs> married for like 15 years. I got, I've lived vicariously through stories. So, yeah. well, that's another whole other show. <laughs> you know, I mean, our logo is kind of phallic. But, you know, <laughs> plenty of stories. <laughs> well, I appreciate uh, you guys letting me come chat with you. This I is, appreciate this is you fun. coming to chat. It's kind of like a uh, for me. You know, I just open my big mouth and I just let whatever comes out come out. I mean, I I. I do the same thing, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. You know what? I mean, it's it's me. I'm real, and if if I I don't think I offend anybody. I mean, if apologize if I do, but I'm I'm just a just a guy. I mean, if you hate the fact that I love my kids and my state and my God and I've made mistakes in my life, you know, I think I'm an average Joe. I just uh, it's nice to sit though and do these. Inter- I, the reason I like doing these is almost like uh, therapy for me. Like I get to, yeah, it is. I don't get to talk a lot. See, so. I have to pay my therapist a hundred dollars every two weeks <laughs> to talk. You get to come do this for free. Well, you can sit in my therapy <laughs> session with my wife if you want. That'd be a whole nother kick in the balls. I've spent so much time in those. I don't need to be in yours too. <laughs> Trying to save that first marriage. Um, I had, I had another question. I just lost it, but uh, no, it's definitely good having you on. I, I don't know if I have any other um, good stories for you. I can tell you when we first opened, we were supposed to be a brewery. Which one? The v- Scotty's. Okay. Duh. Uh, yeah. It <laughs> the was, one uh, in Muncie? Or the, the yeah, one. Muncie. Yeah, okay. You know, but again, being 22 and just being an idiot. I, you know, I bought the bill, the business from another guy for $65,000 on contract. So I made, I think my payments were like $1,200 a month to him. 
and I didn't have, you know, pots of piss mm-hmm. in. Back in 96, when I opened, that was the first boom of craft beer. Like, that was when, what you see now, that happened once before. It happened, it was much shorter, because it crashed. Um, and I'm glad I didn't get into it, because I'm sure I would have failed miserably. But it was, what I did do, and again, not, I, I don't need, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back or say I was the first person that invented, like, having lots of beers on tap. But I had 30 beers on tap in 97. I mean... Applebee's was like where did rap- you get 30 beers in 97 oh my gosh you you know you had like three red hooks three Sam Adams because seriously even three years ago when oh, I yeah. first moved here there was a, not that a half of what there well, was it wasn't now. back then what I found is it wasn't craft it wasn't it wasn't local beer it wasn't yeah. <clears throat> it wasn't even beer from like other states that was craft it was more you had bass and you had you know Guinness were you, you like flavoring kegs with Bud Sierra Light Nevada oh we had totally I mean for <laughs> St. Patrick's Day for sure, but no, you wouldn't. I mean, you weren't like flavoring it with like watermelon or any bullshit <laughs> like that. But no, it was. Uh, Have you had uh, Gatorade and beer mixed together? No. Oh my god, it's amazing. Is it really? Oh, it's absolutely amazing and hydrating. Yeah, yeah, it's great for a hangover. You Interesting. Pop a couple of Advil. That's pretty. Uh, Gatorade and beer. Call them Gator beers for obvious reasons. I kind of like that. It works. So Have you ever good. had a drink called Strip and Go Naked? Skip and go naked. Well, we call it strip. We call it wow. skip and go naked. In college, naked. we like to get naked. It, so. it, it, well, yeah. I mean, I still <laughs> do now. Um, it, it's a case of the cheapest beer you can buy. Yeah. A half gallon of the cheapest vodka you can buy. Yeah. And like five frozen lemonade concentrates, right? Yeah. yeah same yeah. thing. There's a, the pink panty dropper. I haven't had that. It's made with pink lemonade. And then a screwed monkey, which is uh, uh, orange juice, because you got a screwdriver so and a brass so you're, you're single, right? Yeah, I can tell. I mean, you got you got all these things down. I've, I could tell. You want to talk about Dora the Explorer? Or? No, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just that uh, I, I, I mean, same, very similar to you. You, uh, you know, you, you started at um, uh, DePauw. Yeah, correct. And yeah. now you're, you then you went to Ball State. That's correct. You just you, you did good research. Yeah, you know, I, I was, I, a, I was a swimmer. I thought I was gonna. Uh, be a Olympic swimmer, swimming at DePaul University. You just like to shave your body. Let's I did. I did. I was very weird. I, <laughs> I uh, you know, what? I'll tell you. I'll I'll give you some even more behind the scenes. Um, when I went to DePaul, not not it really wasn't that I wanted to be. A, I mean, I wanted to keep swimming, but I kept running. I was trying to run from my last name. Looking back at it now, I know why. I kept trying to leave the city because I was always known as Debbie and Jerry's son, and so I just had this big shadow over top of me, and I couldn't do anything without being watched. So when I went down there and I was, you know, I was swimming and I was, stu- God, I mean, it was a, it's a great school. I was studying my ass off every night. And I let, I, you know, I transferred with a three, seven, I, I busted ass, but I was anorexic. I went through and that's, and you, I'm still, I've got issues with it. I mean, I, that's why, that's one of the reasons why I still have to work out every day is because I'm very narcissistic, of course. Again, because I name everything after myself. Right. And I, yeah. I mean, I'm a, I, I can I'm really, a male. I, mean, I relate. I, I think know? any most men, you want to look, I mean, we're men. We are women. I mean, anybody, we want you, anybody that says they're not narcissistic at all. I got a phone full of shirtless selfies. <laughs> you don't have to, I mean, you're preaching to the choir here. So I, but I went, I was anorexic. I was really, uh, my parents told me that they would quit paying for college if I, if I either didn't eat or. No they, shit. Yeah. It was, uh, I'm the same. So I'm this, you know, I'm six foot, 185. And was, was this in an effort to help your swimming career? That's how I mean. That's no, I was just a freak, man. Well, I was always chubby as a kid, and you know, I was I was the kid that didn't hit puberty till I was like a junior in high school. So I was always getting, you know, not picked on, but I was just the I was the little kid. I was mm-hmm. I couldn't get any dates with any of the older girls, like all my other buddies that started getting armpit hair when they were in you know seventh grade. I'm sitting there like still wondering where it, where it was, <laughs> just checking my nuts and straight, you know, so. 
So it, uh, I, you know, yeah, I had those just psycho psychological issues. I was chubby and I, I was like, by the time I was a senior, I was like, all right, I'm going to, I started thinning out, but of course I made it even worse because I just stopped eating and then going to, it's I not mean, a was, good way to go about dude, I was So I was six foot one thirty five. So imagine my frame right now, with 50 pounds less. I was, it was gross. And I would, I remember looking at me. So I, you were I a cheap thought, date though. Like a couple I was beers. A cheap date. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I even drank, man. I think I was like, Diet Coke was like my best friend and that's all I would suck down. So I just have, you know, I feel for like anybody where you see like kids like that today that go through those issues. It's sad because it is, there's nothing you can do to tell me that I'm okay. It'd yeah. be like me, you know, I think all of us to even today have those same issues. If I told you like your hair looks fine, you don't need that. If my wife said that to me, I'm like, no, but you see this and you see, I got to pull this thing forward and I got, you see this back here. Yeah. You know, we're our worst, we're our own worst oh, critics and we you can't. Watching yourself back, uh, like when you watch this back, you're going to be like, I'm <laughs> such a fucking idiot. Why did I hold my face like that? My face is stupid. <laughs> you know, I just got done rewatching the Hammer and Nigel show that I was just on. I'm like, do I look like that? I'm making that stupid fucking face every day. No wonder nobody takes me seriously. No, it's the worst. Yeah, uh, so. So that's a little. See, I don't. I don't let that out in a lot of interviews. There you go. Yeah, that was my first anorexic story. That that's uh, that's well. It's one. It's awesome that you beat anorexia. That's fantastic. Thank you. I, did. Um, I have a marketing manager. I don't want to make a joke of your hardship in life. <laughs> no, make jokes. I'm, yeah, I'm good no, with it so now. It's, it's, I have a I have a marketing manager. He was uh, well. He was a little fatty for a while, right? <laughs> so um, one of his really good friends, like I'd consider him that good of a friend now, but one of his really good friends got him a tank top that says, I beat anorexia. The guy's never been an anorexic. He was just a fat ass. So got him a shirt that says, I beat, I beat uh, anorexia. Those are, I've seen that before. Those yeah. are hilarious. It's, I think it's, that's it. If you can pull out, if you're comfortable with yourself to pull off that joke. Yeah. I think that's No, great. he's great. So, but what, I mean, what snapped you out of it? You know what? I, I think I just was so tired of being fucking hungry, man. I was so, I remember just. <laughs> After like two years of not eating and having Diet Coke all the time, and my mom, my you know my parents I think helped. They kind of said like you're not we're not paying for things, and I was like all right, I'll have. So I thank God I didn't get into the whole you know barfing thing, the bulimia stuff because yeah, that it's not good for the breath. Oh man, that is not good for the breath. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not so, scoring any chicks like that. <laughs> so I uh, chicks are into the wafy dudes. I mean, you might have been way. able to pull the anorexic thing out. I was heroin but, chic. <laughs> yeah, you're before that was heroin cool. <laughs> chic before it was cool. The original hipsters, Scott Weiss, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so uh, I, you know, I don't know. I just kind of slowly started eating a little here and there. It's I remember just kind of slowly getting into it and it took a while. It took probably a year to kind of get back. But there was no doctors involved. There's no you know, I wasn't so bad that I was like kind of, you know, knock kneed and kind of joints were You weren't away. headed to the Maury show anytime I soon. No. I wouldn't no. go to Maury. <laughs> Who would you go to then? I don't know. If, if I would have gone to a show back then, well there was a Isn't Maury a terrible fucking person? He, like he presents himself <laughs> He, he presents himself as this guy that really just wants to help people. But if you bring a no-legged, no-armed kid on the show and then give him a bike, that makes you a fucking asshole. You know what I mean? That's not okay. Do you still watch more? I didn't know. Was he still on? I used to watch it all the time. So I, um, when I quit my my real job and started pursuing this, I'd be home for lunch and I'd try to go so have lunch with my wife. And I'd turn on the Maury show and watch <laughs> me some Maury and get sucked in. You are not the father. How does that happen 10 times? I mean, this poor girl, I'm positive, this, this satanic bastard, Maury, um, I'm positive that he... One of them was the father. Come on, man. Like, <laughs> there's no way that that's accurate. 
This girl's been on ten times. That was one hell of a night, you know. So she was she was holding a train. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, uh, I, you know what? My my talk show of choice growing up was probably Letterman. You know, in college, I think that was always the go-to to watch some David Letterman. Especially being a Ball State guy, I had to. Support. Well, he's still around. You got to do something worthy of getting on I know, the show. No, I do need to do. Well, I need. We went. I, I actually bid on some package and got to go to the show, and I got him shirt. You know, I had a shirt made that said Letterman's Brew House, and that's gave awesome. that to him. It was yeah, it was fun. But uh, there was a late night show. I'm trying to remember what it was. There was this dude that would smoke a bunch, and he had this like big bowl, an a- an ashtray that was giant that he would put all his cigarettes in. I can't remember his name, but he was kind of avant. I loved watching show. Like I thought. You know, growing up, I actually thought this was going to be my gig. I thought that radio was going to be kind of the thing that I wanted to do. And I, I thank God that I got, I always tell when I go to talk to kids, I'm like, internships. Take internships. Aren't internships it's, the best? It's the best, because you can figure out, you can really, Do you offer internships? Uh, we do. We have some kids that yeah. come along into our corporate, I mean, you know, at the restaurant level, it's, you're not, you can't, I mean, you can't, you're kind of in the you way. It's intern. kind of a busy, yeah, you can't yeah. be an intern. I, mean, I guess I meant at the corporate yeah, level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got, you know, some, we've had marketing people that come in and social media that want to learn kind of how we do things. Um, but I, well, you know, when in college I did this radio internship and I would, you know, get shit faced all night until like two in the morning and then I'd have to figure out how I was going to get to the station because I had, I was, of course, the grunt shift. So I would yeah. work from like, Three to I don't know. You just got to sit there and the make morning. sure the board doesn't go. Oh down. yeah, That's I, it. you yeah. know what I get to do occasionally was the weather, and I would love it. I get up there and just dick around and just say I got my old tapes where I would, nice, nice. So yeah, tapes. I mean that's how old it was. I would bring on my my little air check cassette tapes. Yeah. How long has it been since you listened to it? It's been a while. I've got it. I should listen. I hate. Yeah, I hate hearing my voice. Like even when I do things like this, I like you just said you don't like. Yeah, you, you sound like again. Him. Back to the. You sound like an idiot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you yeah. should send them this way. We'll digitize them. Add them to the end of this episode. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> what's your uh, What's your music of choice? My music of choice. Um, I don't want to sound like a complete douchebag, but just about everything. You know, like all music, as like long that. as it's good. So. I mean, I'm not uh, all. I can't. I'm not a big metal guy. Uh, I was. You know, back in you know, so back in the grunge days, a huge Nickelback I, fan. No, <laughs> interviews over. No, we're done. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I love Pearl Jam, and you know, the, yeah. The, well, I'm the, from Seattle. I mean, I'm from the really? Seattle area. Oh yeah. man, I so, loved growing up. I mean, I was because that was my day. Me you know, and Kurt Cobain were born in the same hometown. Really? Yeah. Well, that's Aberdeen, cool. Washington. So, how much older? What, what, I don't know how old he w- was when he died. Uh, he was in his 30s. He's quite a bit older. 10 years older than me. Okay, I'd say. So you wouldn't have. Cross paths. No, we went to the same high school, but really I had the same art teacher. Yeah, no way. I don't know if that's worth anything. That's great. That's, I mean, I yeah. think that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. But did, so I'm from the birthplace of grunge. Did they, did they uh, put anything up? We yeah. got screwed in the grunge area because I look at the clothes that kids wear today, and a I'm pissed because I know that my daughter's going to be looking like this. But what in our day it was like everything had to be flannel, like four shirts of flannel that were triple X or large, yeah, untucked with your big work boots on. That's real sexy. Yeah, no, you're right. That that's not that sexy, is it? No. Well, so it was gr- better than spandex pants with uh, <laughs> hairspray. I don't know. I look pretty. I remember those years too. That, was, that was high school. Do you do you know of Steel Panther? Mm, I've heard the name. Steel, you're gonna love heard. Steel Panther. Really? I'm gonna share. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna change your fucking life. Steel Panther is one of the best. It's so it's a you know what Spinal Tap is, right? Yeah, so yeah, you know yeah, Spinal yeah. Tap. So yeah. it's a it's Are they a play on somebody. It's a big hair. Uh, metal spoof. So they they sing about things that big hair metal bands were doing in the time the big hair metal bands were around right now. They're around right now. Yeah, it's it's one of the it's it's so great. We uh, 
we used to go to the when we first got started and i was living in uh hooters hotel and casino in las vegas right oh, so, nice yeah no it was, it was nice it was the first place we actually got separate rooms me and mike so um <laughs> didn't have to smell each other all the time so we were there for a month but <clears throat> we went to like five steel panther shows and every time they're like just bringing girls it's at the uh, it was at the uh, house of blues or bringing girls up on stage or taking their tops oh, off that's great and there was this one show where they didn't bring up I mean, no girls were coming up. No girls were taking their tops off. And then at the very end, girl shows her vagina. I'm Whoa. like, perfect. You trade all those boobs for a vagina. Yeah, it was great. She was a she was a tiger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I uh, I was on a um, it was it was a while ago, and I, I had heard I've heard that um, p- people like ourselves are uh, have almost the same uh, brain pathways as as a psychopath. <laughs> So I'm I'm dating this girl we had just very recently met, I which is also true in. for radio and media people, by the way. Yeah. And uh, she's reading this book on psychopaths, and there's a psychopath test in it. I'm like, you Uh-oh. know, I heard this. Give me the test. Oh damn! I, I passed the test. <laughs> she's like, this this. So does that mean you are a psychopath good. or not a psychopath? I have psychopathic if you, tendencies. If you if you pass the test, if you pass it, you are. Oh yeah. So we're, I'm gonna have to get one, and we're gonna I have to start that, giving it to people. You know on what? The show. I think that our it's not. I don't know. You can call it psychopath. I think our brains just work on lots of different levels. I think that we're, I think again, back to one of my strengths is that you're able to talk to people on all kinds of different levels and relate. Mm-hmm. Like if I want to talk to my dishwasher, that's got tats from head to toe and you know, nose rings and everything yeah. I can relate to him. I can, t- I don't, I, I think I can go in there and not sa- I think that I don't sound like some dipshit dad. That's like you leave and he's like, hey, fuck that guy. Hey dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll fucking kill him. I'm gonna stab him the next time he's in here. <laughs> What's he driving? Yeah, his tires. No, I. So I don't know. I mean, I just think that our brains—they definitely work at, on a different level. Yeah. I think that they, you know, because like as I, I can sit here and I've got things that I'm like, okay, I got to make sure when I leave, I've got a conference call that I got to do, and I got this email that I get to, and I got a meeting at five thirty, and and I can still sit here and kind of try to come up with dumb stories that I did in college where I was <laughs> drinking too much, smoking too much. Yeah. So that's that's you know what I was uh. <laughs> well, how much I call myself white chocolate because I love <laughs> I love I love rap music in high school. <laughs> I was the first. I think I was the first white Easy E fan in uh, Yorktown, Indiana. Nice. I'm a huge Too Short fan. Oh, I love Too yeah. Short. I mean, I'm it. telling you, I getting money. I my dad. I had my dad take me to uh, the NWA concert when they came to Indy in the old Market Square Arena. That was the I forget what it was called. It was the tour where it was Easy E and NWA and DOC and I think Too Short might have been. I mean, it was like. Every word that could have been a curse word. And, of course, the entire arena was filled with pot smoke. And I'm like, my my dad, I didn't know it. I'm like, what's that What's that sweet smell? And I'm sure my dad's like, nothing, son. <laughs> so, I mean, how much how much do you contribute drugs and alcohol to your success? Uh, what do you mean? Like my usage? Or, yeah. Or, um, I mean, because we got Steve Jobs doing acid. <laughs> I mean, I won't lie. I may have rolled around on the floor a time or two. I inhale. Uh, I, I can admit that I inhale. Possibly high on mushrooms. You know, I don't know if that happened or not. I've never shroomed, and I always <laughs> wanted to. And I never, I had buddies that loved it. Like, they would tell me how crazy it was. I was, you know, I would never, I'm a guy that can't, I can't do hard things. Like, no needles, no, I, I can't do acid. Like, I would never touch, I, I don't need things to alter things. Like, and I know it sounds. You like so, to stay sharp. Yeah. Well, yeah. I like. And then well, put some alcohol like, on it, so you I feel even numb, smarter yeah. than you. But than you, than you do. I don't know. You look at like what's happening today with weed. I mean, I, 
I really think the whole it's going to go across the United States. I mean, well, hopefully, I, I'm positive it will. Yeah. I mean, I've already heard Illinois is next in line. I've heard Florida's about ready to. Ha- I went out to Colorado and had a good time at a uh, Avid Brothers show at Red yes. Rocks, and you know, I had to go and just see what all these products were all about. And yeah, I mean, I only smoke pot when I'm in Washington too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need to line up your next yeah. venture for when yeah. uh, you sell the store, right? <laughs> exactly. So when I was there, I talked to one of the you know, the cab driver that had to help us find one of these dispensaries. And he's, and I was like, what do you think? And he's like, dude, it's, you should see how many legislators that I take around on a, on a weekly basis because they are looking and talking to our state to see how do we do it? How much tax revenue is it bringing? Cause it's all about dollar, you know, like it's, well, and it's a great way to stop drug dealers. Exactly. You just get rid of them. I and mean, I mean, you know, you, I don't, I don't like to, I'm not, I can't talk scientifically about it, but I mean, how many people do you see that, overdose on smoking weed or that ones that I'm not sure anybody ever has. Dri- I mean, you can get arrested for driving I mean, too I had a pot brownie one time that I thought I was going to die, <laughs> but I didn't. So I'm still here. I've seen buddies puke a lot from probably eating a little bit too much on the edible side, but yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm not one to, again, I'm not a judgy guy. I'm not, I think everybody kind of can do their own thing. And as long as you, as long as people are smart again, you know, like be safe and don't be stupid about the way you do things and don't hurt others. You know, like just, I, how about have some just common, it's like the, like um, drinking and I think it's funny. My wife, not funny, but my wife and I, whenever we go to parties, I'm kind of embarrassed because we always pull up in an Uber and mm-hmm. they're like, no, I'm like, listen, I, I might get hammered tonight. I might not. But if I have two, I'm not going to drive. I, what I you, found about it is it, it's, it's almost the back. It's backwards now. So I, I went to be, I, I take an Uber everywhere too, everywhere I go for, to be responsible. But then I'm at the party and I'm like, I don't have to fucking drive. Yeah. That's I'm great. Shit yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It kind of gives you an open uh, yeah. invitation to just get hammered. So I've been blacked out drunk probably <laughs> too many times because of Uber. Not yeah, sure how I've made it. I'm home. always like trying to, I'm like, Amy, wake up. We're home. We gotta get out of the Uber. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get a call on my phone and it's like some random number. I'm like, God damn it! You left your fucking phone in the in the in Uber the again. Again, that, that must be. Hang really on, I'm gonna chain it to her, tape we, it to her. We had one night where uh, my friend Warren got just way too drunk. I was I went three months sober. Every once in a while, I go a little kick try to, to make little, sure I'm not an alcoholic. I should try because I probably thing. am. And um, he knocks over. He swings around. He knocks over the. Taco Bell's giant soda in the back of the Uber. I'm like trying to pick it up. I dropped my phone in the back of the Uber. Oh, no. So then uh, Dana and I are chasing the Uber driver via the Find My iPhone app on her phone. So we're trying to chase the guy down. We drove all over. It took 45 minutes driving all over Indianapolis. That's great. Finally met up with him. Scared the shit out of him because we were in a bad neighborhood. And we come rolling up on his car. It, it was uh, it was fun. But um, So went from uh, DePaul to Ball State. Yeah. Graduated with a marketing. I'm all over the place. Graduated, right. <laughs> graduated with a, a a marketing degree and a PR PR degree. Um, so I I dropped out of community college, right? I don't. Um, and I usually preach you can do, you can learn whatever you want. You yep. can do whatever you want. College is becoming slowly antiquated in my Agreed. opinion. Agreed. Agreed. Um, how much? I mean, how much of that did you use? And how much do you teach yourself on a regular basis now? Because you want to know. Like well, I think I, the. I learned so much on YouTube, it's not even funny. The best part about college, I think the most important part, I think college is important for certain professions. I mean, mm-hmm. doctors. I, yeah. You know, like certain You're people. You're not going to learn you. that on YouTube. So, but I think what co- the most important part about college that I speak to, and even when I go to talk to college kids about it, even now, it's all about learning how to, it's discipline. It's learning to get up and actually go to class. And, and I didn't have to have a job, but I made myself work. 
because I wanted to see, you know, I, I felt like that was important for, I, I challenged myself. Yeah. I didn't need somebody else. And so I had a job and then I think it was all the extracurricular stuff. Like I, it's funny, like I, I, for the guy that didn't have to pad his resume at all, I was feel I felt during the day, again, putting pressure on myself, child number one, type A, I got to win, I got to succeed, I got to be president of the class, I got to be, so of course I was, I was president of the class, I was president of IFC, I had to do the stuff in the fraternity, I and in doing all that, what it allowed, what it, I think what it did is it allowed, you know, I hated speaking in front of people, which is funny, now having a company of, of our size, I didn't take any communicate. I didn't take any speech classes in college because I was so nervous about it. And when I transferred, I was able to bullshit my way through and pretend like I took it at DePaul. And when I really didn't, it was like English. And I told him it was communication. <laughs> and so coming over, and then I was like started challenging myself. And I'm like, All right, you need a president of this, and you need to do this. And all that did is start making me get in front of a group of people. Well, you got outside and, your comfort zone. Yeah, and even in the fraternity, as much grief as people want to give fraternities about you know all the different bullshit. At the end of the day, I think they're great. And I've, so my best friends are from my fraternity. I, I love these guys. I still talk to them today. And I forced myself, when I was in the, you know, the hardest part is trying to motivate a bunch of idiots to, to get around. Like, I, I was a philanthropic Herd chairman. Herding cats. Yeah, and so cats, I'm trying to get them all to show up to a philanthropic cats. that's sober where there's going to be a <laughs> bunch of kids from the boys' home and not, they only don't, don't smell like daddy. You need to come, like, don't drink before you come here because they can smell that all the time when they're, at home. <laughs> well, you make them feel more loved. Make, make them know? feel like they're loved. Yeah. So, you know, I think that that's the part I think about college that, and just the experience, being able to go out and, and hang out with guys, spring break and do things like that. But you're right. At the end of the day, if, for, if I'm going So you to, just said college is really, I mean, the social aspect it's of so, college well, is it's the not best just part of it. <laughs> that's the best part, but it's not just social. It's also time management. It's, it's making yourself do some of these other activities and learning how to work with people. It's kind of like in a class, like when they make you work in groups, mm-hmm. I think that's like, kind of like fake bullshit. But if you go and do like, if you're in a fraternity or some club and you're trying to organize something, it's a whole different, you know, you're, you're there because you want to be there yeah. and, you, and you try to organize the thing. So I feel like that has relevancy, but you know, no, like if you're telling a kid today, uh, you know, Hey, guess what? You're going to enter the world with $200,000 in debt and have a degree that's really going to get you nowhere. And you're going to do something that probably doesn't even, it's not even your field. Good luck. Well, they never are. I mean, you were lucky that you got to apply yours to what you're doing. Right. But, but I, it was, you know, I yeah. I think I could have been better if I would have gone to Purdue and got my a restaurant hospitality Purdue's uh, degree. A, I heard nothing but great things about Purdue. Oh, they've got a great, their degree they in turn restaurant out great, hospitality is awesome. Great, great kids. It's a beautiful school. It's I mean, their, their school for restaurant hospitality and hotel management is awesome. Yeah. So, so no, the long way to answer your question is I do think that, like, I think there are some vocational schools and things like that that are good. I think there, there are some, I don't know what the fuck Obama's doing with this new free college. I don't know how, you know, listen, we can, everything, let me tell your listeners that well, everything in the world can't be free and, and all the businesses have to pay for it. It just does the, the, the math doesn't work. Well, we were supposed to get healthcare, right? And I, mine went from three hundred and forty dollars a month to four hundred and sixty dollars a month. The deductible went from five hundred to a thousand dollars, and my copay on uh, everything just went the fuck up. I mean, I can't. Like that. I don't want to piss off all the Democrats that listen to the program, or or if you guys are. I mean, I'm just That's, saying. I'm in business for myself. In, <laughs> what do you think I am? Yeah, I'm, just I'm a libertarian. I, you know what? I am. I feel like I'm independent. Like I feel like I'm financially conservative, mm-hmm. but I'm socially liberal. Like I, you know, I'm okay with gay marriage. I'm okay. Stay I like, out of my uterus. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, yes, I think that there, <laughs> I wish there was a party that could kind of get that. 
but the way that the system is working right now is, is a little bit broken. And I, you know, people might disagree with me on that, but I just watch this, the whole healthcare thing. Some, when you watch the next 12 months with people that are having to deal with this, you, I think there's going to be a fall. You have to deal with it on a major I don't know. level. It's, I'm, we're no, I'm nervous. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. I, cause I'm under 50 employees. So I get to have the middle fingers up a little bit. Longer. I can tell you, like I've given this, I've, I've made this, call about this to somebody else where they said, you know, what do you think about it? And I'm like, I'm, I'll tell you my, I mean, the truth is that it's, it's, it's still broken. I, I wish that everybody could have healthcare. I, I don't, I hate to know that somebody can't afford to go to the hospital because they don't, that that's bullshit. I agree. Yeah. But how do you feel? I don't, I, I'm not, I'm, I don't know. I don't think the way we're doing it right now is the right answer, but I can tell you that from a, just a small business aspect, which is the heartbeat of this country. Mm-hmm. I had a, a guy that wanted to open a Scotty's and he wanted to do it in, it was a guy in, in Richmond, Indiana. And he just, we got real far down the road and he decided against it because he has another business. And when he opened this one, he was going to have over 50 employees and he didn't want to pay healthcare. So that community now lost, you know, we drive $3 million in sales. Take that times your tax revenue, take that times a hundred jobs and take that times across the country. Of yeah. How many, how many times is this now happening? that we're losing small business or in a model like mine, where our profit margin is four pennies on a dollar. If I do everything correctly, we make four pennies on a dollar. And that's with the, that's with the standard model without providing healthcare with it to anybody. How many pennies to go away now with, with healthcare? I don't know. I'll tell you in six months from now and I'll tell you, is it going to collapse a lot of businesses? I would say the answer is probably yes. I mean, I think there's businesses that are not going to be able to make it. Well, when people, I mean, it was sold in as a, as a really a tax the rich thing. And that's not even close to the case. It's not. And you know, I've, I've talked to buddies that are in like pharmaceutical sales and medical sales, Mm -hmm. and I don't know anything about those businesses other than these guys make more money than they should for selling, you know, doctors drills and things. And really just bringing them donuts and bagels (laughs) and shit. Yeah. I mean, I love that they get catering from us to take, to smooth their nurses to order their stuff. But these guys said that there's some kind of crazy tax that they get that, that helps pay. They're taxing those industries, some big number again, to go into this big fund to help pay for all this because it's gotta be paid for from somewhere. Right. So they're having to kind of go from a lot of, go to a lot of different pots to be able to make this work. And I don't know. I mean, I've got buddies that are doctors that don't want to be doctors anymore because they don't like the system. They're like, in my opinion, the lights just need to go out for like three days. Just reset the system. <laughs> it Everybody does. It really does. I'm just really, I'm very excited for the zombie apocalypse. Probably more than most. Because <laughs> I'm just, I mean, the team of people when that, that, that we have. I don't know. I Hopefully thought it was already supposed to happen. Soon. I don't know. It's going to be the best It scares time. me a little bit. I, You know, I zombies scare me. They're kind of, you know, they don't look good. Are you a Walking Dead fan? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, we had a great party at Three Wise Men with them. The, the, <laughs> you brought in actual zombies? Yeah, they came. They brought in a, uh, like... Uh, what's his name? The the famous guy in Indiana that um, gosh, what's his name? Wore the black cloak. Oh, you're not from Indiana, so are I'm you not. from Indiana? Yeah. Uh, you know, oh, oh gosh, his name is on the tip of my tongue. Um, Terry, Sammy Terry. Oh yeah, Sammy. Yeah, Sammy. Sammy Terry, Terry came. Who's so you don't know? Who's but, Sammy Terry? Oh, he's like a class. You know, like you remember Elvira, late night. I know uh, who Sammy Terry is. Corey type. I yeah, do. Okay. Yeah. So he's been around forever. Mm-hmm. Like did you know had a show when we were young, growing There's up. There's a thing at the Children's like, Museum about yeah. him. Yeah. So he came, and mm-hmm. all these. Uh, it was for a good cause. We raised money for a good cause, and they brought in makeup artists, and they let all of our servers look like. I mean, they looked sick. They like had like you know, eaten up faces and. 
That sounds we awesome. sold a lot of pizza. That no, day. not a lot of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. We, we had, had we had the, it was the Walking Dead uh, premiere. Nice. We did that at Three Wise Men. It was fun. What I don't get is, I mean, so I have this theory that you're going to want to move to a cold climate if there are zombies because the zombies will freeze, <laughs> right? Because they don't have a circulatory system. So you can, you it can. Seems like they it. still walk, though. I mean, I don't know if anything. Like, Which, I've seen guns that don't ever put them down. Right. True. Well, I was going to say, in Walking Dead, are they ever going to get out of Atlanta? <laughs> it seems like that's They just all, keep they just... circling back to Atlanta. <laughs> They've been driving for days Brain. and they're still in Atlanta. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> I like playing. Uh, have you ever played Plants vs. Zombies? No. It's very addictive. Is, it, is that an iPhone game? Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to download it. I shouldn't. No. That and Crossy Road. Have you played Crossy Road? Uh-uh. Oh, God. Try it. See if you can beat my record. 128. Probably not. What is it? It's like, do Fro- you remember Frogger? Yeah. It's like a new version of Frogger. Crossy Road. I'm going to make a it's note. It's sweet. <laughs> if you can beat my record, I'll give you. I'll buy you a beer. You'll buy me a beer? <laughs> You'll buy me a beer anyway. <laughs> I will. How about uh, you shell out all your all your uh, Twitter handles and all this stuff? If, yeah. if people want to eat your delicious fucking food, because it is really goddamn good. Three Wiseman is not far from say, my house. When when and I know you probably weren't here when they first opened. I know you weren't here when yeah. they first opened, but the 96th Street location. Uh, the first time I went there, I was like, "Oh my god, there's actually a place that gets it." The food, <laughs> because again, only within the last you know several years have yeah, there finally... been you know restaurants that have opened up that have quality stuff yeah. but i'm like this did you come up with your mofo bar. mustard sauce or is that somebody no, else i mean all creation? my people inside the place i mean it, we kind of just combine things that shit's and good it yeah my, good. my girlfriend awesome. loves that stuff by the way yeah. it's and it's sad that there are people who are so good because it makes you me have to try you know like in the day when i did it it was just like i want to do all, everything and we still do and that's kind of the key i think to a lot of just good stuff is making it all fresh in the kitchen where the chains where i keep fighting to not be a chain and it and it it comes at a cost because you're in, in consistency's sake is you hand patty the burgers in the back of the house. You make all the, the ranch dressing is homemade. The salt, you know, everything is mm-hmm. homemade and you can taste it. You know where you kind of lose it again is the culture. It's the me not being there and paying attention to every single detail where you might have a manager that's just asleep at the wheel and doesn't watch over things and the service slips and you can't do that in today's age with this and people talking and, People are smart. People get what, you know, people are so much more educated than they were in the beginning, which is good. And it makes you have to, it makes me have mm-hmm. to try harder. You know, you can't, you can't fudge things. Like they, if you tell somebody it's an IPA, it better, you know, they, they know, they want to know where the hop's from. Like, hey, right. don't tell me, don't try to fudge something. So, but I like the consumer being smarter and it makes the, you know, you just have to, you have to know your game. And I think if you do it right and you do it well and you have, a, and you know, if you, if you're passionate about it, like if I love what I do. And so, and I'm never happy, like I'm never satisfied. I, we, you know, I, I take our current menu and I constantly am like, all right, the burger has to be a little bit better. We could do, we, if we did this or we added a garnish to the top where, you know, if you ever pay attention, there's like a little tomato and something else. And it's all about mm-hmm. eating with your eyes, but we didn't have to do that. And of course, all my financial people are like, you know, that costs us like three cents a time we do that times 12 restaurants times this many comes out to a hundred grand a year that we're giving out. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I, I want to be different. I, you know, we, we used to do little Aren't boxes. Aren't accountants the worst? Yeah. They just don't get it. Like, it, used to do little if I don't do the, the tomato and the oh, toothpick, yeah. we're going to go out of business. Don't you understand? And you have to listen. I mean, there are points where they have, that's the only way they can get me to listen is they say, okay, let me give you a number. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I can lose that. How know, it's like almost like I have it? to give battle. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I'll give on this one, but I'm going to not give on this one. So, you know, for our, uh, when we opened 96th Street, all the banks told me that would never work. I was a college town kid, stay out of the big city. 
because when we first opened, the other three school, the three restaurants, when we first, before we came to Indy, were beer wine only. That was kind of our niche of having 30 draft beers. You know, we, we were kind of the, no one else did that. We were, we had all the drafts and it was kind of cool being that way. And then we came to Indy, we're like, all right, we got to have mixed drinks because it's going to be a whole new ball game. And of course, the one, the, the one location the banks told me never would work has been probably our most successful in our well, chain. Well, I will say that uh, where Clada used to be packed, and yeah. it's just right across the street. It, it's it's dwindled a lot. Which again, I don't like that. I mean, I wish you know. I think there's enough for everybody to eat. I like you know, I because we're not direct competitors. I mean, they're Irish food. We're not. Right, I mean, right. I, you know, I'd like for someone else to be there. I don't want you know a, a hop cat or a yard house or mm-hmm. somebody that's like directly competitive with me. I like Eddie Merlot's being right next to them. And, you know, it's a compliment, that whole area. But, and it's a good, we're just in a really good spot being wedged between all the families of Carmel and Fishers and all the young, younger people that are still kind of apartment living, getting out of college on 82nd Street and Broad Ripple. And so it's just a really good, good mix. So, I mean, our growth, so our growth, I'll tell you our growth, I can end on like where we're going. So, uh, our growth from here is uh, we're looking at Noblesville is a done deal. It's going to, so 146th street and Hazel Dell area will be open probably in the next, we'll be there. We'll be there in about (laughs) two months. Uh, the Geist area we're coming back. I think we're coming back to that's about a 50, 50 deal right now. Uh, we're looking at a location in Zionsville to do another three wise men up there. Um, Plainfield. We're talking to people in Plainfield and Speedway. I'm driving to Missouri next week to look at our first out of state, which I think is going to happen. And that'll be that'll probably take about eight months because it's going to be a full construction. Punta Gorda, Florida, will happen. I think this this next year. What an interesting name for a place. It is a little interesting. Yeah. It's an, it's a little inter- interesting community too. But I think it'll be a good intro into that Florida market. I'd love down to get in America's Fort Myers. Gears. And, yeah, <laughs> America's crazies. They're down there. <laughs> yeah, they? they are. Plus, there's no. I think there's no uh, income tax, which means that maybe. It's, the Wise family needs to set up a new home a new address. Home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> IRS, you're not listening, are you? <laughs> yeah. They might eventually start listening. Right? All the tax evasion <laughs> yeah. stuff we talk about. That's well, what we, we brought up. I mean, we we definitely hit on all the key words. We hit Obama. I think we I think we said terrorism, <laughs> felony. We I think we said yeah. weed. Yeah, acid. Yeah. We covered it all. Yeah, we definitely we definitely yeah. some hit some meter. <laughs> <laughs> so you can fo- follow me at at Brewhouse on Twitter, or we've also got Scotty's Brewhouse on Instagram. Facebook, we've got a YouTube channel, or you can email me. If you go to our website, scottysbrewhouse.com or threewisemen.com, my email address is listed. If anybody ever asks a question, I always answer every email. I don't, I'm not super quick. It might take me a week, but I do get to them. So I, I take pride in, in replying to every every single person that has a question. Or you can find, we are actually doing a fundraise right now on local steak, which is kind of a cool, I don't know if you ever used them. No. You, you mentioned Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, Local steak has been great for us. I mean, we've raised so far almost two hundred thousand, and our uh, we're trying to get. We hope to hit seven hundred and fifty. I don't think it'll happen. What do you do? Uh, so you you go to localsteak.com. You go and look. And the process for us was it was long. I mean, you had to we had to tell these people what we wanted to do with our money, mm-hmm. and then we have to share financials, and you got to go through the agreements, and you got to figure out what the payback's going to be. But at the end of the day, so it's it's basically social fundraising, and it's like Kickstarter. The only difference is. In local stake, you're getting a pay. It's almost like you're loaning me money, and then you can do some cool things with it. So in Indiana, they just passed the law in July that allows for this to happen. So it took a while to get here because I've wanted to do it for a while. But I could never go on social media and say, hey, you can inv- come invest in Scotty's. Right, the it's SEC illegal. That. Yeah. But now you can. If you, you know, so if yeah. I say, 
you can go through local stake. You have to be an Indiana resident. There's certain things you have to say, but I can say you can invest in Scotties. Investing is not mean, you know, they're not holding actual equity. They just come in, you get a return on your money. And then the cool thing is you get, you get to give them extra things. So I give them, if you, you, depending on the amount that you give or invest, you get, you know, a dining discount, you can get a gift card every month. You can get, if you're up at this top level, there's a $25,000 level, which we have a couple people have done it. They get tickets to a suite uh, at a Colts game or a Pacer game. So there's just little things that little extra incentives that you get, but essentially you boil it all down. What we structure the deal at is that you're going to get 8% back. You get 1.5 your money back. So if you invest 5,000, you're going to get 7,500 back and we pay it out back over five years. So it equals about 8% interest over a five-year term. Nice. So it's a a cool way to, it's a cool way to raise money. I've I've watched other places do it. I want to dive in and just see how it would go. and, And it's good. It's, I mean, you deal with a lot of people asking a lot of questions, so it takes yeah. some time. That's the the burden of it, but that's part of social media fundraising. I mean, Do you have any investors outside of this? Yeah, we have a couple. I, I got like a couple of the guys that have been with me forever. I've given, I've gifted them stock. Mm-hmm. So I own eighty eight percent of the company. I've got a few got like you know four or five guys that have been with me for a long time that each have one and two percent, and then I've got probably two other investors that have small percentages, one one and a half percent. Nice. Very cool. I mean, that's kind of how you, I think in this day and age, in a business like mine or any, probably any business, but they like to say restaurants are one of the most risky. You can't get traditional funding. And I can't, if I go into a bank, the first three letters are SBA. Yeah. And now we're out, we've outgrown SBA. So no bank even wants to lend me any money, no matter, you know, so, so now you just have to do it. You have to find a new way to do it. Either when SBAs are miserable. Yeah. They're miserable. They're not so our, worth our it. Our goal is to just my goal my goal over the last two years has been to just pay off debt. I want to be cash strong because I because nice. I got to see what it was like going through the recession and not being cash strong. And it sucks. Well that's when you go out of business. Oh, it, it's horrible. Yeah. I mean, you talk about learning lessons. You can't really teach somebody what it's like to go through the recession. So No. That's it, when we got our start on uh, we couldn't get any um, so I came up with this just right when the bubble burst and we couldn't get a second meeting. Well, probably because we were two kids in a garage <laughs> saying our company was worth $46 million. But aside from that, there were all this influx of these companies that had funding lined up and they had lost it because banks weren't loaning money right. anymore. So they're having to go back to angel investors for a, a, you know, a second round. And they were, these were seasoned veterans, guys that had, you know, done it before. Right. And you know, I, I didn't even know what <laughs> angel money was. So, um, now you knew I, what angel dust was. You I just knew what angel know. dust angel was because that was in that was high school for me. But yeah, so yeah, um, so it's, yeah go. No, uh, it's just uh, so it's just a different you know a different world. You got to learn, and I think that's a you know learning lesson for anybody that's out there that wants to start a business is you got to be creative. You want to avoid if you can friends and family. I mean, you got unfortunately you have to use them, but that can sometimes be the most difficult straining relationship killers is trying to involve a friend. And then, you know, I've tried to keep all my friends out of our business. Ones that really wanted to invest. I'm like, I would love to take your money, but if things went south, that would kill me to know that I, you know, I've got my parent, my, my mom and dad have money invested. And my goal is to get them paid off. And like all, I think sons that want to make it, that love their parents, I would love to buy them a house. I would love to pay off their mortgage. Nice. So yeah. I didn't borrow any money. I just, said you're going to give me your money and I might lose it. <laughs> so, I don't have to pay any of it back until it actually, you know, makes a dividend. So, but yeah. Awesome. That sounds like a good wrap up. There we go. Yeah. 
think I just had a Tinder match. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you want to wrap up on? Um, the, my next Tinder date? There you go. That was a common joke. <laughs>